calling all LEGO enthusiasts. Get ready for a fun outdoor adventure at the Museum of the Shenandoah Valley in Winchester. Nature Connects is here, showcasing animal sculptures built with LEGO bricks, including a giant polar bear, an 11-foot rhino, and life-size zebra. Experience the magic. Get discount tickets at the msv.org. That's the msv.org. Nature Connects, an extraordinary display created by artist Sean Kenny. Sponsored in part by Perry Engineering Company. Your dream home just got a little more real. Bed Bath & Beyond is back with more to love than ever before. At the new Bed Bath & Beyond, you'll find the products and brands you know with styles for every room and budget, along with a huge selection of furniture and decor, all in one amazing online store. Download the new app today and get a 25% off coupon to celebrate our grand reopening. Plus, get free shipping right to your front door. Welcome to a bigger, better beyond. Well, we dodged Black Wednesday in WWE, at least for now. But that doesn't mean that big news didn't go down this week. Backlash is right around the corner. WWE is not the only game in town, though. News all over the wrestling world. We're going to do our best to cover it all on this edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. The bomb drops all of you friendly, nice, and amazing. Oh, hi, everyone. We love you so much. You this is the best. It's TSF. Was this it? Hunter Knot. Oh, my God. And you're listening to the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans by the fans, I'm your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. Back from vacation, sore feet and all, yeah. the young buck, Mr. Andy York. Word of advice to all you listening and watching, don't wear Hey Dudes to Disney don't World. Don't wear Hey Dudes sneakers to Disney World. No. Uh, <laughs> about five hours in, three blisters on my feet. And I'm surprised that was the first took, day. I'm surprised it took five hours. Yeah, well, I don't know. It was rough. It was very rough. And then uh, we always do Epcot first. Yep. We do Epcot, then we do Hollywood Studios. This time we didn't do Animal Kingdom. It was like Epcot, Hollywood Studios, then Magic Kingdom. Okay. I've I love Hollywood Studios. It's probably my favorite park. Yep. I've never had a great day at Hollywood Studios because I'm always so tired from Epcot the day before. So we've learned I'm old now and we have to take breaks in between each day so we can enjoy the whole thing together even more. Interesting. Well, you know, Epcot is my least favorite park, so I would do it first just to get it out of the way. Yeah. So, but th See, that's, that's just me. The new Guardians ride makes Epcot so much I forgot so that. worth I it. I forgot that was at Epcot. So worth that's it. That's right. And Tron is very good, too. But Oh, yeah, yeah. They were, they, were, they were building Tron when it opened like there, two so. weeks ago. Oh, nice. So. Very cool. Yeah. For more coverage on Andy's vacation, uh, follow him on social sure, media. I'll post on that. <laughs> follow him on social media at PBW, or sorry, at Andy underscore PBWP. <laughs> the show is at PBW Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Make sure you're following along. Subscribe wherever you find your podcast. And also support our friends over at WrestleBuddy, BodySlam.net, and SportsWire. Thanks very much. Uh, while you were on vacation, Tyler yeah. Peters stepping in as our co host last week. He did a fantastic Fantastic job. Receipts are coming. Receipts are coming. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're welcome. Um, speaking of Tyler, quick plug for the PBWF, the Pie Bomb Wrestling Federation, um, our fantasy booking show available on another feed. If you like fantasy booking, please go check it out. 
Most of you apparently do because we are seeing a huge uptick in our PBWF numbers for season two. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for that. We appreciate it. Spread the word about the show. Um, if you're checking out this show because you heard it on that show, thank you for doing that. Subscribe wherever you find a podcast. Tell a friend. Um, it's a lot of fun. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. PBWF. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Season two, uh, episode three just went live this week. Things are shaking up. And, whew, I, you said it two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to agree with you as I'm going back and listening to these shows. It is our best booking that we've done. Yep. I think season one was a great setup for how good season two is going to be. So yep. if you if you really enjoyed season one, just get ready for season two. Spoiler and peek behind the curtain, we're like, a couple of weeks ahead, sure. booking and because we're trying to stay ahead of the the yeah. game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last couple of like the next couple of weeks that you're gonna get is is really good TV oh, and pay per view. Yeah. So oh, so get ready for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, make sure you check that out. Subscribe wherever you find your podcast for this show and for that one as well. All right, Andy, let's bring back old school 101. We have punted on this for a couple of weeks now, but it's time to bring it back. What do we got for this week? So with uh, Backlash or WrestleMania Backlash or WWE Backlash or whatever they're calling Backlash this year, it's, it's got three names in the last three weeks. Sure. Um, with Backlash right around the corner, we are going to be talking about the last Backlash under the WWF Title, don't sue us, Wildlife Fund Foundation, whatever it's called. Um, we are going to be talking about Backlash 2002, which oh if you gosh. don't know about this show, this is coming off of WrestleMania 18, where you saw Hogan and Rock, you had Austin and uh, Scott, Scott Hall, Hall um, Triple H Jericho, Triple H Jericho, a, a decent WrestleMania, WrestleMania 18. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming into Backlash, this one is one of the best backlashes of all time, if not the best. If not the best. Because you've got several matches that really showcase the young generation while also giving their flowers to the older mm-hmm. generation as well. Hogan winning his last title here. Yep. Um, you've got Jeff Hardy versus Brock Lesnar. It's Brock Lesnar's first official match. It is Brock Lesnar's first official match. You've got RVD versus Eddie Guerrero, which... It's just magic in the ring anytime you put those two together. That feud is so good. Their ladder match on Monday Night Raw in this era is just out of this world. Yeah, and then you've got uh, a young edge versus Kurt Angle, which, you know, is this during his babyface run, Edge's babyface run? Yes, so this is... Um, this is the start of the SmackDown Six era because this is the first show, first pay per view following the first draft. Right. The first draft happened a couple of weeks before this. Yeah. So this is Babyface Edge, his first run. This is starting the hair versus hair feud. Yeah. Because I think it's the next pay per view that Kurt Angle gets his head shaved. Yeah. See, I think. uh, Hot take about Edge. I think Edge, the character, is a lot better as a heel. For sure. But he wrestles better as a babyface. For sure. <laughs> like it's it's very weird. Like during this edge babyface run are some of his best matches of his career, including was, this one. This one, he was tag champs with Rey Mysterio in yeah. this era when Rey gets in there. He was tag champs with Hogan in this era. Yeah. So Edge did Edge did some great stuff and it gets overlooked because 
the fans crapped on him early on. And like a lot of people got behind him. Right. But then a lot of people crapped on him when he came back from his neck injury and right. all that kind of stuff. So it was a mixed bag with Edge in this era until he fully went heel. Yeah. But some really good stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think that, that kind of plays a massive part in this as well. Um, but I mean, if you're talking about Backlash 2002, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the guy, but you've got to talk about Hogan winning the title from Triple H. Um, obviously, WrestleMania 18, people, I don't think WWE at the time realized nope. how popular Hogan was going to be coming back. Yep. Um, I, I think they made the switch like mid-match between Rock and Hogan. They didn't make the they didn't make the switch, but Hogan Rock really quickly realized. Yes, I am the heel on this match, so yeah. I need to I need to play it up. Hogan realized the finish wasn't switched, but the roles the were roles switched. were switched yes. in mid match because the crowd was so into yep. into it. So, uh, yeah, I just him getting the title now it seems like it doesn't make a lot of sense. But when you go back in context of what it was, the big he's probably the biggest base face of the company at that point makes sense to to put the title on him. This night, I watched this pay-per-view live when it happened in 2002. I remember it vividly. Why? Because I was a huge Triple H fan. Yep. And this was Triple H coming back from his quad injury, first time as a babyface, his crowning moment at WrestleMania, and then backlash rolls around <laughs> and they take it away from him. So needless to say, this night... Yep. is really where my disdain for Hulk Hogan came from. Yeah, is makes sense. this night right here? Now, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Hot run, you know. Don't know how many more he has left in him. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the call was made after WrestleMania. Hogan fly, will send the private jet to Tampa. Go get your red and yellow gear. Yeah. We're putting you in red and yellow, blah, blah, whatever. Like, I get all of that, so I understand. But, man, this really, I think, derailed Triple H a lot yeah. in this era because we did not really get, I mean, a couple of years later we got it, but people were sour on Triple H at that point. Yeah. We did not get a real babyface run as champion from Triple H because the next time he was champion was in 2003. Right. And he was a heel. No, into 2002, sorry. Yeah. In 2002, he was a heel. Yeah. And then we got, baby, like I said, we got babyface runs in like the 06, 07, 08, whatever. But it was just, it was different. I think this kind of explains why Triple H kind of was the way he was in the, like, 2008, 2009, 2006, 7, 8. Yep. Especially during the Reign of Terror that people like to to acknowledge that reign as. Because, I mean, he was, here's the thing, it happened to him. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't mind, he saw, well, that's how you get up in this company, yeah, and it, it kind of played into it. It happened to him there. Yeah. It happened to him at WrestleMania 12 yeah. like when the Ultimate Warrior came back because yeah. they had this whole match Kicked planned. out the pedigree at one. <laughs> yeah, they had this whole match planned, and as Triple H tells the story, Warrior changed the match in Gorilla before they went yeah. out into what you saw. Yeah. So like, and, and like you got to think also like with the click incident, he got the he entire the King of the Ring thing taken away from him, which... Well, worked out better for the company in the long run because sure that's did. where Austin came onto the scene. Mm-hmm. But he, for all of the crap he has put other people through, it's not fair to say he hasn't gone through his fair share yep. of of crap as well. Which I think is why when he looks at the younger generation of wrestling today with NXT in the past and now what he's doing on the main roster, is why he has such a appreciation 
for what the for what the wrestling world is now because it's not as cutthroat nope. as it once was, and I think everybody benefits more from it when it's not cutthroat. Agreed. Yep, agreed. So for all of you people out there who don't like Triple H, who think all he does is just bury people or whatever, he did, but not anymore. <laughs> Maybe it's just a receipt. Who knows? And I'm a punk fan too, and I know he buried punk, but I'm a punk fan too, and I can see why. Triple H is the way Triple H was. Right. right. Was. Not anymore, but Not the anymore. way he was. was. We'll get to that punk thing in just a second. Yeah. But before we do, <laughs> we brought back Old School 101 this week. We're going to bring back our Pipe Bomb of the Week this week. Again, we put that on hold for a bit. Uh, you've been on vacation, so I'll let you yeah. sit and stew for a second. Oh, I've got mine ready. You got yours ready? I've okay. Got mine ready. Let's hit it. Pipe Bomb of the Week. Andy, what you got? My pipe bomb of the week is everybody freaking out because Commander was jumping and running on the ropes and freaking out because Jay White was just standing there when every suicide dive, people just stand there. With every top rope move, everybody just stands there. And, oh, yeah, one of the most beloved wrestlers of all time, The Undertaker, did a move called The Old School where guess what the opponent did? Stood there. Stood there. It's a thing that happens in wrestling. It's a part of wrestling. We, disbel- we we take our belief and kind of put it in the back. We take logic, kind of put it in the back and say, oh, yeah, this is just what happens. Get over it. Move on. Commander is amazing in the ring. Fakingo is amazing in the ring. Lucha Libre is really, really fun when you look at it in the context of I Lucha didn't, Libre. I didn't even see this online yeah. backlash nonsense. Oh, people are all over it. It's, it's Just saying that Jay White is... Looks like an idiot. I'm like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> He's taking a wrestling move. Listen, when guys do high-risk moves, it's safety first. Exactly. I would rather him stand there and help him to make sure he doesn't break his neck. Yep. Just like I'm fine with Jericho falling on a crash pad. I wish they hit it a little better, but I'm fine with him falling on a crash pad because, you know, I he want should. Jericho to wrestle some more. He should fall on a crash pad. They should just hide it better. But exactly. that, that's neither here nor there. Great. I like I like that. <laughs> IWC, internet wrestling community, just, just stop. It's the WWE shills, and it's the AEW shills. Just, Just, if you like what you like, watch what you like. If you don't like the other company, don't watch, and don't have an opinion because you don't know what's going on. Exactly. I get it. And if you're in the middle like me and Chris, enjoy it. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And then you have the freedom, if you're in the middle. To criticize, yes. You have the freedom to criticize. It just, it's ridiculous. All right, my pop bomb of the week. Promos are either supposed to tear you down or (laughs) fire you up. And there was one this week that was supposed to tear me down, but did the total opposite. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Trish Stratus spoke truth on Monday Night Raw. I'm not going to say you can't deny it, but it is very hard to deny what she said on Monday Night Raw. I absolutely love it. It was so good. Like, I'm still worried yeah. about how this is going to go because I know that I, we just mentioned the internet wrestling community. Fans nowadays are going to just look at this and be like, oh, they're trying too hard or they're doing that, which to a point I get. Yeah. I understand. But Trish is a believable heel when you give her a shot. Yeah. And man, if Monday was any indication, she hit it out of the park. I, I agree completely. My only thing is it was hard to hear what she was saying because the yes. fake boos were way too loud. Yes, they were. <laughs> we got to turn the fake boos down. Yes. Yeah, that, I get you wanted to be a heel and you're trying to you're trying to coerce sure. the audience into that direction and make sure of it. 
But just let her speak her mind. If it's a little quiet when she's talking, that's fine. She'll yep. say something that gets a reaction, which she did, but you couldn't hear the real crowd's reaction because the fake crowd was was way too loud. Was but loud, yep. when you take what she said in the promo, you're absolutely right. It's very, very hard to deny. I even like even when I love when she said it wasn't me and Lita. It, it was, was just me. me. Yep. It was me. Like I was the one. Try. You're welcome. Like yep. yes, play into that character more, please. Yep. She did it. That's exactly right. And she came dressed out like she did when she was a heel, and it was just perfect. Everything about it was perfect. Doing it well. I had my reservations. We're not out of the woods yet, like I said, but we're off to a great start with this Trish Stratus heel run. All right, Andy, before we get to the biggest questions in the world of wrestling this week, which we like to answer, uh, we talked about a couple of things that I know that you have a great opinion <laughs> on. We talked about those last week. I did not intentionally do that it just because happened. you weren't here. That was what was in the news yeah, that last week. It just happened last week, yeah. So, um, But I want to give you a chance to weigh in on those things. The first thing being CM Punk and basically the river and innuendo is it's not if, it's when he's coming back. Yep. He's willing to do business the Bucks might not be. Kenny might be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Jericho is supposed to be on board. They're supposed to. A lot of this stuff going on. Right. But the question that I posed to Tyler last week is the same one I'm going to pose to you. It's not who should feud with Sam Punk. We know. Elite is money. Yeah. Jericho can work, whatever. The question is, does AEW need CM Punk? We've been without him since. Yeah. What? All out. September? Yeah. Yeah. Been, been without him since September. They're, do they need him? So, do they need him in a locker room since, since? Absolutely not. I think they've got the locker room back where they wanted it to be. Part of that was also because Kenny and the Bucks weren't there too. And Jericho and Moxley mm -hmm. and Danielson got to step up and be the locker room leaders. All of that worked out really, really well. From a fan perspective, if you look online, and I know Twitter is a vacuum, and it's a very small <laughs> right. bubble of the audience, but I feel like it's a bigger portion of the AEW audience. I agree. Is, yeah. is, is Twitter uses and everything. Mm -hmm. People are clamoring for Punk to be back. Mm -hmm. Like People want Punk to come back. Do you think they want him to come back just to settle this elite thing on screen? Or I think, what they, do you think I think part of it is that, but I think also the other part is they want just Punk back in wrestling. I got you. Because it's hard to deny when Punk was in AEW, AEW was a lot was was a lot better. It felt bigger. It felt bigger. Yeah. His few every feud Punk was in felt huge. Sure. I mean his Moxley feud, we can talk about the squash match decision and everything <laughs> else, but the feud it felt yeah. huge. Mm -hmm. The hangman feud felt huge. His one with MJF is probably the best feud in AEW history. Um, so I, I think a locker room perspective, you don't need them. But from a from a in-ring and from a fan perspective, I think AEW needs them. I think AEW is missing a piece, a component, and I feel like that component is CM Punk. What are your thoughts on the rumors that they're able to bring him back for this second show that they're going to announce and yeah. launch and split the rosters so that maybe he only <laughs> affects half of the locker room. I think I've also seen reports where it's like the people who want to work with Punk are going to be on the Saturday show. The people who don't are going to be on Dynamite. That's not going to be sustainable <laughs> at mm 
at all. Nope. Um, but if that's how you're going to start, if that's how you're going to start the show, I think that's a good way to get him back in. And then you can, and, and Tony Khan's mind, he's probably thinking, I'll get Punk back in and then we can settle everything once he's back in. And once the Bucks and Kenny, if this is going to be true, if the Bucks and Kenny realize, okay, AEW is better with Punk at least in the company. Mm. Um, I think that that's really important. Also, giving him a Saturday show, why not? Mm-hmm. Like, at this point, why not? I will say, if they are going to do a two-hour Saturday show, brand split, please. I think right. I think the roster is big enough. I think you send the people that you want to develop to Ring of Honor. Everybody else gets split up between the two brands. You keep your world champion. You keep one world champion. You keep one women's champion. You keep one tag champion. Put TNT on TNT. Put TBS on TBS. And you keep moving. And you go forward. And I think that would work really well because the roster is very bloated. Okay, and so, huge. So I have to ask you this now because you just spawned the question. This is this is not in our notes. <laughs> this is, there's not a graphic for this. We're going off on a tangent. Yeah. Why are you okay with having one champion in AEW but not in WWE with a brand split? Because one, because it's been established in WWE for so long that I feel like if you take away another title, it won't work. Mm. Now I'm not necessarily against. I'm not necessarily against having one world champion. I'm against one champion having two titles. So if you're going to have two, if you're going to have two world championships, you need to have two world titles. If you're going to have two women's championships, you need to have somebody. But the thing hold with, it. But the thing with Roman is just the fact that he looks better with the two titles. He looks more dominant. Yeah. So I think it's a scenario where there is only one champion. He's right. just it's better to hold two instead of one. Right. I think for me though with AEW they set this <clears throat> excuse me they set this precedent that they're they're not going to just do two world titles. They're not going to try to appease sure. One because TBS and TNT are owned by the same people so they don't really care if they have a world title or not. Good point. And that plays a massive role in this cuz Fox wants their champion, USA probably wants their champion. Um so I I don't know. I feel like with AEW two world champions doesn't fit who they are. I, my, I think with WWE it fits who they are. Plus, you got to realize you got to also know like WWE has more star power. Sure. More I'm not going to say world champion material because I think there are a few people in AEW that could benefit from having two world champions. Mm-hmm. But I think with WWE it's been established for so long. Yeah. It's been a long time since we've had one world champion. I think it was 2013, 14, because Brian won it in 14. There was only one world champion when Brian won it in 14. I don't yeah. remember when they split it after that. Because I know point. Rock was the champion when he debuted the new title. Was there a world champion that year, too? 2013? 13. Yeah, because yeah, Cena and, had, Randy, yep. and Randy unified the titles in 13. Yes, in the middle or of four, thir- Yeah, in the middle, middle of 13. And then after Daniel Bryan won, and a couple months later, they just... Got rid of the big gold belt and brought the WWE championship exactly. in. Yep, yep, yep. But it was only for like, what, three years that they did that? And then they did the brand split. We got the universal title, everything else. So I just uh, I feel like 20, It was 2017. Um, um, so it was only two years. Yep. <laughs> so I just think WWE has set the precedent. They are, they're going to have two world champions. I think with AEW, they, they have so far set the precedent that they're just keeping one world one women's, two TV titles, and one tag title and a trios title. My only thing is that... 
And the All Atlantic title. <laughs> There's a lot of titles in AEW. Right. And which, FTW which, title. Which, again, you don't, because you have so many titles, you don't need another world title. Right. But my concern is if you're coupling a second show with a separate roster yeah. and you only have four pay-per-views a year. Right. I think I think there's room for a world title mm-hmm. because of those circumstances. But again, I am I am of the mindset that I want one world champion, period, for right. any brand. So I'm all for the one world champion. But I think and and you said it best, like WWE has established this. It makes sense there. Yeah. And another world champion might be watered down more in AEW. Right. But we just sit here and said how many titles they have. Right. I think you need to introduce another title that maybe acts as your world title. Yeah. But you don't necessarily call it that. See, I think if we'd have done a brand split with Mox and Punk as champion, I think that would have worked. Yes. I think with MJF, MJF needs to be the one world champion right now. I agree with that. Which is why, like, you do, you do like, but I, I don't know what you would call it, but if you want, because I think the Saturday show is going to be on TNT. If you're, if you want the TNT championship to feel like a world title s thing, yep. put it on Punk. Well, quit bouncing it around so freaking much. Listen, I will say this: they have bounced the TNT title around a lot. The story has gotten very convoluted, makes oh no my sense. Gosh. I will give credit where credit is due. The All Atlantic or whatever they're calling it now, they have booked Orange Cassidy. International. Yeah. They have booked Orange Cassidy really, oh, done, really good. Yeah, they've with done that, that well. They've done that well. Like Orange Cassidy has been to me, Orange Cassidy has been the MVP of AEW this year. Mm, interesting. We'll get to that at the end of the year. All yeah. right. One more thing that we want you to weigh in on is this current run of Bray Wyatt. Obviously, it started with huge fanfare. The anticipation was insane. Yeah. The debut was off the chart. Or the, sorry, the return was mm-hmm. off the charts. One of the best returns of all time. And even the build to the Royal Rumble match mm-hmm. was, was really interesting. You know, I don't know that L.A. Knight was a great first opponent for Bray, but right. it put L.A. Knight in the spotlight, and he may have actually benefited more <laughs> from being Bray's opponent than most people do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we haven't really seen Bray since rumors, sick, what have you. Yeah. Overall, just thoughts. Um, Thoughts on his run? Yeah. I guess I, I'm trying to be careful of how I ask because it's it, it's not like I'm asking you what have they done on TV is what they've done on TV good right or is his back is backstage politics working against him right again quote unquote right just the whole situation um I don't think there's a coincidence in the things in the way that things have played out mm. with. About the time when he stopped appearing on TV, some other heavy rumors have started circulating, not about him, but about a certain someone that has gotten more and more and more prevalent in the company. But but I will say this. I think his re-debut, because it's not really, it's, it's a return of Bray Wyatt, but it's a completely different character. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, returns of all time. Sure. First couple of weeks, very intriguing, very, very interesting his run for me has been extremely lackluster. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if it's his fault. I'm not going to put any. I'm not going to put a lot of the blame on him. I think when because he even said this, I believe in the Ryan Satin interview that he did. He's willing to try anything. Sure. And if it doesn't work, hey, it didn't work. Let's move on from it. I think though the con- and I'm not. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. I think the context of Bray saying he's willing to try anything is whatever craziness comes to my mind yeah. is what I want to try. Yeah. Not, hey, here's creative. Yeah. We're going to go string you up on a pole and have a Bray Wyatt on a pole match. Right. And Bray's going to say, oh, no, that sucks. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I think there's context to that. Right. But like, I, 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 I think, though, the Vince rumors, I don't think has really hampered him. Because if you believe what's been written online, and I actually, I, I tend to lean this way. I try not to let the internet form my opinions, right. but I lean this way. Right. That Vince was the one who started to try to bring Bray back before he left. So if that narrative is true, I'm not saying that what Vince has done with Bray in the past is great. Right. I'm just saying that I don't think it's Vince versus Bray. See, I think Vince, because here's the thing. I think Vince might have been one of the ones to try to bring Bray back. I don't think Bray comes back if Vince stays in power. Well, no, that's fair. That's I, t- think, that's I, don't totally think, fair. I don't think it's all. I think what I mean is if Bray got the idea that Vince was coming back, I think Bray wouldn't want to stay hmm. because... We talked about it with Tony Khan. We talked about it with Vince McMahon. He enjoys something for a while. Something new comes along, and he completely dumps what sure he was focused on. Mm-hmm. The Fiend is a perfect example of that. He tried to overuse The Fiend way too much at the beginning. It lost all of its uh, fanfare, and he got The Fiend got very old very quickly. Um, and then it all kind of just fell apart a little bit after that. So I think that's what I'm saying is... I think Vince sees money. Vince saw money in Bray, but Bray is not willing to work with Vince because of the past, I think. And I think that kind of plays somewhat of a role in everything that's happened. Now, do I think he's probably been sick and whatever the reports are? Probably. It's not, I'm not here to speculate whether he's no-showing or not. We know he was at Mania. Right. We saw, we saw the video that somebody posted online of him in a car in right. Los Angeles. He was there. Right. And the thing is, like, we talked about this with Keith Lee when he was in WWE. And we're like, where's Keith Lee been? He says he's sick, but where's he been? And then all of a sudden, we're like, oh, he almost died. So, like, yes, exactly. he was very, very sick. It's mm-hmm. so, like, I'm not going to speculate one way or another For sure. about Bray. Um, I miss him. Mm-hmm. Like, I miss seeing him on TV. I was somewhat intrigued by the Uncle Howdy thing. I just think the problem we ran into benefited them in the beginning, but turned into an issue halfway through is we were never given answers. Yep. Bingo. We were given some, and then like they gave us answers and then gave us new questions. That's totally fine. Yep. But we never understood why we never got why uncle Howdy aligned himself with Bray. We never, we never got who Uncle Howdy really even is in the first place. We didn't get why Uncle Howdy got physical. We didn't get why right. the puppets showed up at the Royal Rumble. Right. We we needed, and I said this last week, and I continue to say this because I firmly believe this, we needed something concrete yes. to happen, yeah. to hold on to, yeah. to get us to the next phase. Yeah. And, and it, we didn't get it. And it didn't help that Uncle Howdy missed the jump 
by as bad as he did. Nah, I don't. I don't think that hurt I think, it, honestly. I think. Well, I think it hurt some of the mystique because when you realized how bad he missed, it's like okay, <laughs> that's just well, that. I think. I think there were some elements of it that hurt because even when it happened, everybody in the room was like, "Oh, he missed, yeah. big time." I th- I think more, and I've said this too. I think it more hurts that Uncle Howdy got physical. Period. Yeah. Than anything because he lost the mystique as soon as he got physical. Yeah. And the mystique of Uncle Howdy was part of the intrigue of this whole storyline. Yeah. Now, they could be, I mean, they could now just be waiting until Alexa Bliss comes back um, for Bray to come back in. I think if I think Bray still comes back before Alexa does, if Bray comes back at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a really good chance he still comes back. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's a lot of unanswered stuff that if this is the end and we don't get Bray back, it would be very hard for people to get as excited as they were for when Bray come, if Bray comes ever comes back Anywhere. down the line. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yep, I for sure. Uh, and again, we're not saying Andy's the biggest Bray White fan that I know. I love Bray, uh, <laughs> so we're not saying that Bray has let us down in any way. No, there's no, just, no, no. There's certainly inside. I won't even call outside forces. Inside forces that we don't know what's happening right. that is causing us to not not get fulfilled with Bray's run because when Bray is super creative and is allowed to do some of the things he wants to do. I mean, the Firefly Funhouse match is one of my favorite matches at WrestleMania of all time because it's just so different and weird. Mm -hmm. It's the best thing. That and the Boneyard match were the best two things about the pandemic era. Right. was those two things. Mm -hmm. Because then everything else with The Fiend and Randy Orton was horrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, horrible. I'm not going to go that far, but whatever. That WrestleMania 37 was great. The worst WrestleMania match I've ever seen. One of the worst WrestleMania matches I've ever seen. Have you? I was going to say, have you ever watched Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> that made more sense than what we got with Randy and Bray. Uh, see? We I, never got the answers why Alexa was just sweating black goop for no reason and turned well, on Bray. I think we were supposed to, and then Alexa did her thing where she has to now go away because she has skin cancer and all this other stuff. I think I honestly think we were getting we were headed to get the payoff of that. I think we were too, but I'm not saying I'm again not going to bat for it. Right. But I enjoyed it more than most everybody else does. I I thought it was it was horrendous. Randy first off, Randy shouldn't have won. And second of all, it was just Vince got way I, you could tell it was a Vince thing it got from a little, the beginning. It got a little out there for sure. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the other biggest questions in the world of wrestling this week. Somebody, well, one of a couple of people who have lit up the internet rumor meal is Becky Lynch. This is the biggest name, not rephrase, not the biggest name, but the more shocking name because yep. we haven't really seen any um, any uneasiness or any stirring the pot from Becky Lynch right? until she blacked out her Twitter, changed her name to her real name. I don't think this warrants a big discussion, but it's a hot topic. We're going to talk about it. On a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you right now with this Becky Lynch? Just Becky. Just Becky. Just Becky. I'm not not Drew because we, we can talk about the Drew rumors all day long, which right. Tyler and I did last week. Seth Rollins... He seems like almost that he is just Seth Rollins is a ticking time bomb, <laughs> and it's okay. Like we get that, but 
just Becky just Lynch. Becky. I'm like How a concerned. two. Like a two. Yeah, me too. I literally the number that I wrote down. Two. I think she. I think part of this is storyline. Um, more than anything else, I will say this. I think if Seth doesn't start getting appreciated more, this becomes more of an issue. I think this becomes more of a. I don't. I'm not going to say there's zero because I think somebody else said this, and I completely agree. I never thought Cody Rhodes was leaving AEW for WWE, so I'm not saying anything's never going to happen. But I don't think. I think this is more storyline based, mm-hmm. and she's using what Drew and Seth have done mm-hmm. to kind of play into that more. For sure. Um, now, if this if this does end up happening, I think this hurts WWE more than Drew leaving, um, and I think this could potentially hurt more than Seth leaving. Becky's not leaving WWE. If Becky leaves WWE, she's going to be an actress or a mom. I probably firmly believe that. Probably, but even when she does that, WWE's going to suffer. Right. Oh, it definitely will. But she has talked, even before all this happened, that her she has less time in front yeah. of her than she did behind her. Yeah. Because she wants to go into acting and... If she's vocal about that now, I don't think that hurts as bad as a Rock or a Batista or a whatever. She's vocal about doing it now. Okay, she's probably going to have her last match in like two years. Probably. And be done. Okay, great. Yes, I agree that it hurts WWE. Yeah. But I think there, I do not, I think there's a small chance, small, that Seth Rollins could go to AEW at some point in the future. Yeah. Small. Yeah. Still don't think it's likely. I think there's zero chance Becky goes. I don't think there's any chance Becky goes to AEW either. I'm, what I'm saying is if Becky leaves WWE because she's unhappy with WWE, that hurts WWE a lot. Sure it does. Like, yeah. even if she just leaves to go be an actor or a mo- actress or a mom or whatever, if she leaves unhappy and becomes vocal about how unhappy she was when she left, that would deter a lot of people from going to, a- from, to WWE. But again... Uh, in listening to Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch and, you know, using the way that they do use social yeah. media because they've been open that, yes, they use it for storylines. Plus, this isn't the first time Seth has blacked out his, his, his Exactly. Twitter. So, I'm, I honestly, Drew kind of concerns me a little. Yeah. Seth and Becky don't concern me at all. I, I, really, the, I really don't. The only, the only thing I'll say about Seth is I think Seth... The Raw after Mania was extremely frustrating. Sure he was. Extremely, for a good reason. Obviously, I didn't watch two weeks ago. Was he on Raw at all? Um, This past Monday? Yeah. No, not the one where he wrestled The Miz. The one before. Oh, no, he was not. Okay, I think I think those two things leave a little concern. Uh, obviously, he wrestled Miz, and the match was great and everything. I just, I think... I'm not going to say zero. I think Seth leaving would be a huge, huge, huge blow. It would be. It would be. It would be bigger than Cody leaving AEW for WWE. Yes. I will say this, though. Drew's going to hurt a lot more than people realize. Oh, for sure. He's, he's a company guy. And I think Drew, I think there's a really good chance Drew doesn't stay in WWE. I mean, I think that's possible, too. Um, now, he's, his contract won't let him show up at all, out, all in in Wembley. Right. But... I mean, if it did, boy, that I, I would think, be a huge pop. I know. I think. I think we'll see again. Uh, Drew, maybe Seth, no Becky, not a chance. So I'm not concerned about about Becky. I'm, I'm not concerned I'm, either. I, again, though, Cody Rhodes has completely changed the game, so I'm not going to say never. But I, I would be very, very, very shocked yep. 
I think she's the one of the four horsewomen that I would be completely shocked if she left. Yeah. Charlotte sure. wouldn't shock me. Bailey wouldn't shock me. Obviously, Sasha has already gone off and has done quite well for herself after she's left. Right. Uh, Becky would Becky would shock me. Yep, for sure. All right. We mentioned this a couple weeks ago, and he's back in the news again. Goldberg is making waves in the news because yeah. he had a handshake deal with Vince McMahon <laughs> and was promised a retirement match. Didn't get it, and he's very vocal about not being happy about it. Yeah. So now he is rumored to do a four-city tour, retirement tour. Okay, fine. My question to you, Andy, is do wrestling fans really want to see this? I know there is a there's a lot of Goldberg marks out there. Yeah. But one, what does the guy have left to prove? Number two. He's going to kill somebody. Most, if not all, of those Goldberg marks yeah. are WWE fans. Yes. So yes. if this somehow ends up in AEW, it's not going to go the way Goldberg wants it to go. He'll be the heel. If he does some sort of independent thing like is being rumored, who's he going to wrestle? Like, that's my thing is like, who is out there that would satisfy Goldberg's last four matches? Right. Because here's the, I think here is where I'll let you answer the question. Sorry, I'm stepping all over you. You're good. You're good. I think here is where the rubber really meets the road that is not being said but is being inferred. Mm-hmm. Goldberg wanted a retirement match, but Goldberg wanted to win. Probably. And in a retirement match in WWE, you lose. You're probably going out on your back. Yeah. I don't think Goldberg wanted to do that. No. And I don't, that's what part of the reason why I don't think he, he'll end up in AW is because they're not going to bring Goldberg in to beat Wardlow. And like, they bring him in to beat Jericho. Maybe. And that one would make, that who, one would make sense. Who would want to see Goldberg versus Jericho in twenty twenty three? I mean, one, I would literally fear for Jericho's life in that match. Yep. And two, at least with Wardlow, I trust Wardlow enough to make it look decent. Goldberg can't pick him up though. I think Wardlow would help him more than Taker did. I think Ta- I don't think Taker like, and and Bray. I don't think Taker intentionally didn't help him. No, I don't either. I just don't think Goldberg was strong enough. That's what I'm saying. But I think Wardlow's strong enough to keep his core up. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, you may be right. I mean, Goldberg did lift up Drew. So yeah. So uh, and Roman, he lift up Roman. That's true. Okay. Possibly. So I think Wardlow. I think Wardlow would work. Listen, it would be so fun. It never is never going to happen. But Goldberg versus Will Ospreay would be very entertaining and very interesting. But but there's no way Osprey would lose the Goldberg. There's no way Goldberg would want to lose to Osprey. Osprey also has a lot of health con- like injuries right now that I, I don't want to step in the ring with Goldberg. I don't think there's going to be a big enough name outside of AEW and WWE, except for maybe Impact, that could allow this. I could absolutely see his last match being against Bully Ray. Bully is literally the biggest name out there. Maybe Dreamer. That No, no. Bully Ray is literally the biggest name out there yeah. that Goldberg could wrestle on this retirement tour that would make sense. And the re- the context of make sense is it's freaking Goldberg. Right. 
his last match should have been being pinned by Roman Reigns. End of discussion. He got choked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Choke yeah. out, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His last match was against Roman. Roman Reigns. Yeah. Done. Yeah. That's, this is, I'm not saying that Goldberg is like The Undertaker. But right. what I'm saying is, this would be like The Undertaker saying, I'm going to have another match, but I'm not going to WWE and not going to AEW. Who on God's green earth is big enough to be billed against Goldberg that would do it? With Taker, I think it's different. No, no. I, but, I, but I see what you I completely agree with you, what you're saying. Yeah. There's nobody, there's not a star. I mean, listen, if this was 10 years ago, Sting and Goldberg one last time. Sure. Perfect. That's fine. And I think Goldberg would be willing to lose to Sting, to Sting in his last match. Mm-hmm. Now, I, please don't do that. Please keep those two dudes away from... I mean, a segment where they're in the ring together, fine, but keep them away from each other. Right. I Maybe think, a Jeff Jarrett? I think Goldberg would be willing to lose to Jericho in his last match. Maybe, but again... Do you want to see... Do you really want to see Jericho and Goldberg? I know. I would be fine with Goldberg and Jarrett. So my answer to this question... Or, Jer- or Goldberg and Bully... My answer to this question is, do wrestling fans really want to see this? Absolutely not. No. There's no need for it. Nope. Can you go back to WWE and have a couple more matches? Sure you can. But do we need this big hoopla Goldberg retirement that does not involve WWE? Because I think AEW could be fine. Yeah. Like, if this four-city retirement thing is going to last all year, he could do a per-match deal with AEW. And wrestle Wardlow and wrestle Jericho. Yep. And then come back to WWE and wrestle, I don't know who. Braun Breaker. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> My point is, doing this without WWE yep. is pointless, yes, in my it opinion. Is. It is. I think... I just I think Goldberg is trying to hold on to whatever little relevancy he has. Yep. Because, I will admit, before he returned to WWE, the big thing was... When is Goldberg ever going to come back? Yep. Is Goldberg ever going to come back? And I feel like we go through waves of that in wrestling because, like, for before Goldberg, it was is Bret Hart ever going to come back? Mm-hmm. Now, and then it was Goldberg. Is Goldberg ever going to come back? Mm-hmm. Is Punk ever going to come Shawn back? Shawn Michaels. Is Shawn Michaels ever going to come back? Ric Flair, please go away. <laughs> um, but I think with Goldberg, that time has sailed. Mm-hmm. Nobody. If he showed up on Raw, yeah, he would get a pop because it's Goldberg and everybody would love him. Mm-hmm. The same way that if Flair's music hit, people would pop. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they want to see him wrestle. Right. They're just happy to see mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan. them in the ring. Hogan in the ring. Yeah. Um, to an extent, Stone Cold. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that what he did last year with Kevin Owens was awesome and yep. fantastic and was really fun. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see him do that every year, though. Right. <clears throat> so I just... I think Goldberg's trying to hold on to relevancy. I'm not a Goldberg fan at all. I think the dude is the most overrated wrestler of all time. Um... And I stick by that, and I just I if I never see Goldberg wrestle again, I'm but totally who fine with has that. him highly rated? Because like he's very vocal that like he's not very good. Right. And he didn't learn a whole lot. I think people hold on to his WCW run, undefeated, hundred seventy three and zero. Was yeah. he actually one hundred seventy three and zero? That's what the number was. Uh, yeah, um, undefeated. All this other stuff comes into WWE. People loved him when he came to WWE. Like, that's fine, but that was a time period mm-hmm. when you didn't necessarily have to be a good wrestler to be 
prominent in in wrestling, especially in WCW. They were trying to make stars. Exactly. You know, the, the NWO was was kind of winding down at that point, and, and Goldberg really was the next. He was the face. And the comparison right. with Wardlow was like, yeah, but Wardlow's actually good in the ring. Sure. Like Wardlow can do stuff. Goldberg has never been able to do anything. I think a lot of people are just. This is for the same reason why the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan are their favorite wrestlers and some of the best wrestlers of all time. I, I think big, Goldberg is in that big, big names. Big yeah, monsters, sure. big names. And yeah. I get that. And there's a place in wrestling for that. But we've got plenty of that in WWE and AEW. We don't need but Goldberg. But not in 2023 when you're 56 years old and, you know, whatever. You've got guys like Braun Strowman who are bigger than you doing more impressive things than you were doing. Frog splash. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is F5 and Omos and other stuff. Like, we don't need you, Goldberg. Yep, I agree. All right. After we recorded last week, so we did not get to this last week, FTR announced their four-year deal with AEW. We speculated if this was going to be real or not. They indicate that it is real. Well, they also indicated they held up what they've said before, that their next contract is going to be their last and they have said, after this four years, they're done. Yep. They're retiring. So we know the end game. We know the end date. What else? If the slate's clean for the next four years, give me a couple things that we need or we want to see from FTR over the next couple of years. Um, <laughs> One, I think they need to be more prominent on AEW TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking of AEW TV... Was the Pepsi machine? I don't planned? know, but I popped for it. I can tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> I just wondered. Honestly, CM Punk and FCR together at some point <laughs> in the next four years, I think is a must. For, they do need to be trio like, champions. They need to be trio champion. Listen, that versus the elite would sell out Wembley. Not sell out Wembley, but it would be the main event of Wembley easily. For sure. For sure would. Yeah. Um, <sighs> For me, honestly, I think Dax as a champion by himself. TNT champion. TNT, like all international. Uh, international. I would be fine with a world title run, but he's not going to get a world title run. Gonna have him. Um, and even Cash. Like, listen, I love Dax, but Cash is just as good. Like, they're. they're I think good. the thing I want the most is them to stay together. Yes. No splits. Yep, I agree. They can do go after singles titles on their own, but they're still, at the end of the day, FTR. I don't. I don't think they would assign this contract if they were to split. Exactly. But I, I will say this: we might not have a split, but I would be okay with their last match being against each other. Absolutely, because we've seen that once before, and boy, it was yep. good. If we tell a story around it, then I yeah, I'm absolutely fine with yep. that. This I'm. The, I feel the same way about FTR that I do about the Usos. They should never split. Yeah, I'm, I. I want, but I want to see the Usos face each other. Fi- face each other, that's fine. I just need I don't to see want them what to split. I don't want them to split. Like it that, doesn't make any sense. They're twins. It exactly, doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Yep. But I think in the next four years, and I know I'm very biased, but I think in the next four years, FCR is going to implement themselves as one of, if not the greatest tag teams of all time. They got a good shot to put their stamp on this business. And I think four years. I think we are going to look at them. Obviously, yes, they had a great run in WWE, but I think their main success is going to come outside of the company. And I think we're going to look at them as one of the best independent tag teams of all time, if not the best. I mean, listen, the Briscoes have that locked up pretty well. Yeah, that's probably not going anywhere. (laughs) But 
I think FTR is going to be one of those that when we look back at history of tag team wrestling in the next 10 to 15 years, they're going to be one of the first names that pop up. Yep, I agree. Another name that we did not expect to pop up on our biggest questions in the world of wrestling this week and outside of WWE, Mr. Nick (laughs) Aldis, the national treasure, has revealed that he has signed... With Impact Wrestling, he appeared at the Rebellion pay-per-view over the weekend. My question is not did or did not did did WWE or did they not miss on this? Right. Or AEW for that matter. Right. How legit though do you think were the negotiations um, with WWE and AEW? If if they weren't legit, WWE and AEW dropped the ball big time. Mm. Uh, we have spec. We have said before, and I even said this during the like the Rumble build because he was one of the ones that I thought would show up in the yep. Rumble. To especially WWE, I feel like Nick Aldis fits that WWE mold perfectly. He does. You're right. Even still looking at him, I could look at him and say that would be a future WWE champion. Do you think that in said contract negotiations, because this is where my brain went? NWB that they wanted him to go to NXT and he said no. Maybe. But I feel like he's one of those that doesn't need, especially with the new NXT. He no, doesn't need NXT. He doesn't but, need it. But I can see them wanting him. I mean, listen, Nick Aldis showed up on NXT TV. I would start watching NXT more. It would it would entice me more for sure. Because And also, Brian Breaker versus Nick Aldis would be very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that may have been part of it, and I get why he wouldn't want to go to NXT because the money is on the main roster. Now, I will say it makes a lot of sense him going to Impact sure because, does. one, his wife works for Impact, um, which, by the way, get better, Mickey James. It sucks that she had to relinquish her title. Yep. Um, but, two, I feel like he fits the Impact mold really well sure does. as well. Um, I feel like AEW was always going to be the dark horse in getting all this. Mm-hmm. I felt they were the front runner in a lot of ways to get JY. I feel like they were the dark horse to get Nick Aldis because he doesn't really fit the AEW style. He would get lost in the shuffle very quickly. Or he would stand out like MJF. Like there, they, it, or, it would be one of those two things. Or you could have signed him and had him go to Ring of Honor. Oh, man. Him and Ring of Honor would be... Um, him as Ring of Honor champion yep. would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yep. But again, he may not want to. Because the money's in AEW. That's true. So. But Nick Aldis has showed up. No more speculation. Yep. I think he he ends up in WWE at some point. Well, if you want to hear him compete against WWE, guys, check out the PVWF (laughs) because Nick Aldis is the current, uh, spoiler alert, uh, Intercontinental Champion in PVWF. So he's going to show up. Go check that out. Yeah. Um, also, make sure you check out our podcast everywhere it is available. Spotify, Apple, Google, all of those places. Make sure you check it out. Subscribe there and subscribe to the Body Slam YouTube channel. Like the video. That uh, helps us a whole lot. Follow us on social media at PBW Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Make sure you're doing that. Make sure you're interacting with us. No viewer questions this week because we didn't get any. So... <laughs> Just being honest, we didn't get any. Um, so submit those viewer questions. Yes, we're going to tr- try to get to those next week. We love doing those; those are a lot of fun. So as we wrap up the show here, thanks for tuning in with us. Um, we appreciate it very much. As we wrap up the show, let's quick hit 
uh, all of the other big storylines within WWE and AEW. One other thing we forgot to mention last week, I had it in my notes and completely glossed over it, Brian Cage re-signing with AEW. Good, bad, eh. I think it's fine. Okay. I think it's fine. I think it's interesting. I don't think he'd fit with Brock and everything. I don't think right now it would be a good time for him in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, I think AEW, he's he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. I agree I think that. Ring of Honor, he'd be fine, too. I agree. Um, he was part of the Ring of Honor Trios Champions. He was. So I think if he they, just stays in Ring of Honor or goes to the Collision Show on Saturday, I think that's fine. Hmm, there you go. Him and Punk would be a very interesting. would be very interesting. I still need to see Brian Cage a little bit more in AEW. Yeah. I was a big fan of the Team Taz stuff, and yep. I thought that was a great pairing. But nonetheless, we'll see what happens. SummerSlam sold over 30,000 tickets, reportedly, Yep, on the first day tickets opened. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. That is monstrous. That's what I call the Triple H effect. <laughs> that is monstrous. Yeah. It's, how, so, are they going to be at the Lions Stadium? Yes. And that whole 70, 70 something thousand? Approximately 70. How many, sell, how many tickets are they going to sell? Like, how many tickets are they offering? Probably in the neighborhood of 45 to 55. So, almost a sellout. Yep. Day one. It'll be just like SummerSlam in Vegas and SummerSlam in Nashville. Yeah. I mean, they won't block off, like, the... I don't think they'll block off the entire half of the stadium like they did for SummerSlam right. in Nashville um, because it's domed, so they don't have to do that. Probably but, like it was at AT&T Stadium. Mm, I don't know. Blocked off a little more than AT&T was. Yeah, probably blocked off some more. Yeah. So, I think in the neighborhood of 50,000 is uh, where they're... Three-fourths of the lower bowl will be okay, open, I think. Mm, yeah, and then the top sections will probably be yeah more closed off. It'll be interesting. Uh, Summer Triple H in another home run. SummerSlam, my goodness! All right, we haven't really mentioned anything about the resurrection of the LWO. <laughs> we kind of glossed over it WrestleMania weekend because it's, it happened on SmackDown. We were right. talking about other things and all that. What are your thoughts on this basically supergroup that Rey Mysterio put together? I love it. I think it's. I think it's a really one, it's a great tribute to Eddie, especially mm. going into his feud with Dom at WrestleMania. But two, it just it gives Legato something to do, mm. which I think is very important. And I'm not going to be shocked at the end of Backlash when Dominic Mysterio becomes the leader of the LWO. Yeah. Like, I think that's exactly where we're heading. Um, either that or Bad Bunny's going to be a member, one of the two. Because uh, that was reportedly supposed to happen mm. on the Raw after Mania, and then, you know. Vince happened, and it got changed, and now I wouldn't be shocked if that happened, but I think at some point, Dom's going to be the head of LWO. I think that makes a lot of sense, for sure. I honestly don't like it, um, just because like the LWO wasn't a serious thing in WCW. Right. Like Even though Eddie was in it, like it was... It wasn't super over like it was. Just, I guess a lot of things in WCW during that time, <laughs> you had your you had your really big hits and you had your really big misses. Yeah. So there was really no in between. I think it's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't hate it. It's interesting. It gets a huge reaction every time. It does. It does. And I saw a lot of LWO shirts at WrestleMania. Yeah. So it was. It's interesting. Um, I'm not totally sold on it yet, but I mean, like you said, it's a thing for Legato to do. So. Yeah. Don't get lost, and in it's gonna, it's the end game is going to be to get Dominic more heat, which yep. the dude doesn't need any more heat, but they're going to figure out a way to give him more heat. Listen, we talked about it at WrestleMania. 
that Dominic needed to be the one to come out in the low rider when he heads up the LWO. You oh, he's coming out in low rider. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Vicky's not going to be a part of it anymore. But when right. he comes out in the low rider, it's right. It's I I I'm glad he didn't because I'm glad Ray got to do that. Yeah. But when he does it for the first time, it's going to be nice. it's going to be huge. Yeah, it is. WWE now allowing wrestlers to stream on Twitch. Thank you for dropping the ball on Adam Cole. Yeah, we appreciate it very much. Yeah, if you'd have done this about, you know, three a year, years, ago. a year ago, Adam Cole would probably still be in the company. Gosh. Yeah. Drives me insane. Come on. Cesaro might still be in the company. <laughs> it might be for Tyler other Breeze. people. Tyler I mean, Breeze. I mean, he's not he's still in the company, basically. He's a, he's a legend in WWE 2K23. So. That's a good point, which is the weirdest thing to me. Makes sense, I think. But, he's not a legend, but it makes sense. I mean, this is fantastic. I'm, I'm glad that they're finally able to do this. Yeah. And that WWE, if, if you read what was published about it, like WWE is hardly taking a cut at all. No. Which um, is, they're basically making what a normal Twitch streamer yep. with that many views mm-hmm. is making anyway. Yep. So I, I don't, I don't really good. get what the big deal was about it the first time. I mean, it's just making money outside of the company, outside of your contract, which is what happened with Mandy Rose. So there, there it is. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's things you can and can't do. It's why WWE wrestlers can't appear at indie shows. You know, it's just, it is what it is. Wow. Anyway, let's, let's change some of that. <laughs> <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura yeah. returned on Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, a lot of people are saying we might finally get the Roman Shinsuke match coming up this year. I would be okay I'm with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I would be totally fine with that. They just kind of did nothing with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think the only time they fought was at, was a tribute to the troops. I think that was yes. Roman Shinsuke. And then after that, it's been nothing. It was nothing. Shinsuke's back. Uh, we don't really know if he was hurt or if he was just taking a break because we know the last thing he did was the Japan match yeah. with Muda. Um, so we don't really know what happened there, but Shinsuke's back. I'm, I'm glad, glad he's, he's back. back. I'm not glad that Rick Boogs is not with him, but, you know, that is what it is. I'm not. I'm very hesitant about his first feud back being Karen Cross. Mm, it'll be interesting. It'll give him somebody to beat. Which sucks for Cross. Yes, it does. It really sucks. <laughs> They brought Karrion Cross in as a real threat to Roman. And did nothing with it. And then did it. nothing. Yep. Did nothing with it. I feel bad for Cross. <laughs> Triple H wins some and he loses. Yeah, he does. That was a loss. All right. Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar yep. on Monday Night Raw. Um, Cody with no suit was it's weird. wild. <laughs> it's weird. Dude, I was like... But then he ended up in a suit later on in the night. I was like, there's a suit. We're good. I know, but like still, we've seen him fight so many times in a suit. He wrestled Baron Corbin in a suit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was weird. But let me tell you what. Brock Lesnar in a trench coat. He's a heel. Just when you think the cowboy stuff can't get any better, it does. He finds a way. When he's a heel, he wears that long black trench coat like a outlaw, and it looks great. I will say this. Oh, my gosh. I love love that we were doing the Cody Brock feud. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really great feud for Cody. I'm going to be really mad when Brock beats Cody because he needs all the adversity in the world, apparently, but that's another topic for another day Um, because I'll talk about that for a while. He does. It's a storyline. He doesn't need that much. He broke his titty. He doesn't need any more (laughs) adversity. 
Does the first 10 years of his career not count as adversity in the WWE? Anyways, that's a different. We'll talk about that later. But what happened in the past didn't happen, pal. That's a. Ter- that's a <laughs> terrible excuse. My biggest, my biggest problem with this feud is the reason behind it that they have announced a couple of times on commentary, and I don't know if they've ever came back to it or given a real reason. But Brock is mad because Key went on first and Cody went on last. Yeah. And when has Brock ever cared about that? Yeah, that's true. It's a very lazy way to get to this booking. I agree with that, but at the same time, it's a main event feud. If Ready? If Cody would have won the titles, Brock would Brock could have been mad that Cody was the one to beat Roman, and then he wasn't, and that feud goes, and it feels even bigger because it's for the titles. I'm still on the Cody should have won at Mania train. I'll be on that train forever. But I'm very glad that this feud is happening. Cody just needs to win it. I think he will. But then, if he does win, you know, what? what is there left to conquer before going to Roman exactly. Reigns? You know, so we got to have some adversity for Cody. All right. for Cody. Next storyline, let's move over to AEW. I'm not a fan, and I know it was had some controversy to it. I'm not a fan of this Pillars tournament. Yeah, I think it's all front. Uh, you think we're getting, we're getting think the we're fatal get, four-way? Okay. Yeah, I think, I think this is just MJF and Sammy being MJF and Sammy. Okay. And we're going to end up with it, because I think what's going to happen is since since MJF got involved in the match, Jungle Boy's going to get involved in that match next week between Darby and Sammy. And we'll just get the and we're just going to get a fatal four way. Okay, I, I I see. I was thinking that, but they've been teasing this way too much. That there's no way that this is not going to be a fatal four way for the title. I did not like the promo to open Dynamite. I thought it was bad. It was weird. Um, because Jungle Boy's not great on mic. He's not. Darby is. Normally he's fine, but okay. Sammy was okay. Listen, when Sammy got the microphone, like the whole promo turned, like that was the bright spot of the whole promo for yeah. me. Was when Sammy started talking. Yeah. It just, I will I, say I, this: I, I understand where we're going, and I think it's a great idea, right? But I think this is one situation where only having four pay per views hurt you. Yeah, because they start because we're not probably not going to get this till double or nothing. Probably not. And that is uh, five, we might, five weeks away? We might get at the women's uh, Arthur Ashe. That's not until the summer. It's not until like August, September. That's right. Yeah, yeah, So. What about five for the Fallen? June. So that's after Double or Nothing? Yeah, probably Double or Nothing is the best. So, but I, I feel like they're starting this build a little too soon. Maybe. They might be, and I think I think we might see individual one-on-one matches for the title before we get to the Fatal 4-Way. Oh, okay, I see. Um, but I will say this. When they do, in, when it was Jungle Boy and MJF cutting promos on each other, I enjoyed the promos. Even mm-hmm. even Jungle Boy, I think he, he held his own pretty well. Darby and MJF cutting promos on each other, that was really fun. Mm-hmm. I think that was really interesting. I think when it's the three of them together, there's not a lot to go off of. Right. Like the shot at Dar at uh, Jungle Boy taking a Darby Allen, saying he wasn't a pro skate, couldn't make it as a pro skateboarder, makes sense. That's fine. <laughs> Darby Allen said, "Are you Jungle Boy? Or are you Jack Perry today? Which one are you? Right. Which one are you going to call you?" That Thank one was, you, Jim Ross. That one was re- that one was really good. Um, there's just it was a really weird segment. You know why I think it's kind of weird is I, there's no history between these four guys. 
the only history is they're known as the four pillars. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. That's all we have to go off of. They've they have not really interacted. Right. So the the interest is like, oh, we want to see this match. Yeah. Don't really care what promo we have, you know. This match doesn't really need to build. People right. just want to see it happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's why it's a little bit tougher to get through. Probably. I think that's why they're going to start doing the singles matches. Hopefully so. To, to build it up a little bit better. Listen, when the Fatal 4-Way happens, it's going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to be really good. Yeah, it's going to be great. Has AEW ever had a multi-man match for the world title? I don't think so. Because I don't think so either. I'm trying to think Forbidden Door. No, that was Moxley and Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. The Fatal 4-Way was Cole, Okada. Jay White. Jay White and... Do not remember. Was it Clark Connors? I think it was Clark Connors. That was in that Fatal 4-Way. Yeah, because didn't he have to replace somebody? Yeah, somebody that, got hurt. That's why I couldn't remember. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Which Clark Connors was really good in that match, too. Right. Um, I don't think they've don't ever think, had I don't a think so. Not for the world title. Nope, I don't think so. so. Or for the women's, I don't think. Mm, yeah, they had a triple threat for the women's. Remember, because that's when Ruby turned. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't think for the I think for the men, it's always been right. Which, if this is going to be your first multi man world title match, I'm all for it. That's, Sign that's, me up. That's a great way to yep. do it. Uh, we talked about hot shining the TNT title earlier, so we will skip. I will say one thing about that. Yes, go ahead. Wardlow versus uh, Luchasaurus is going to be a hoss fight, and I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I will say that Arn Anderson showing up with Wardlow is pretty cool. Yes, I like it. Um, I would rather see him show up in WWE and help Cody back on his run. Yeah. Would have been great. I don't think Cody needs him. No, no, no. I'm saying but I get what him. I get what you're saying. Yeah, would have yeah. been awesome. Yeah. The pop would have been great. Yeah. Anyway. But him pulling out the Glock on QT was, was amazing. <laughs> was hilarious. And the DDT he hit, man. He was good. He can still hit some moves. His go-to moves. He can still he can still pull him out when he needs to. Last one, the Adam Cole, Chris Jericho, Britt Baker segment yeah. was wild. Like I, wild. I very much. We talk about couple real life couples and on screen, and I think AEW's done a fantastic job of dabbling with Cole and Britt yep. when it needs it. Yep. And they're in Pittsburgh with Cole's parents and Britt's parents makes there. Sense. Makes all the yep. sense in the world. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Um I'm still not a huge fan of the Jericho Cole feud. Um, I think you said it last week, and I agree. I just I don't really want to see it. Yeah. But this made me more interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the beatdown was a little eh. weird because Soraya was like barely touching yeah. with the Kendo. Stick. I was like, Tony should be doing this because Tony would just be lighting her up, or Ruby. Both of them would be lighting him up. There is a really cool video surfacing though of the Outcast under the ring. Oh, really? They're all, uh, Saray, I think, has her phone saying hey to the girls. They're all under the ring. You can hear what's going on that's above hilarious. the ring. I've never seen that perspective before. So that's I was like, hilarious. that's that's really cool. I need to go find that video. Um, but I, listen, I think it's, I, I think for this feud buildup, this was a great time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as we're not overstepping with relationships in, in, in AEW. Because I think that's where WWE really hurt Seth and Becky. Sure was every two seconds they had to remind you that they were dating each other. It's like, we know we've been, we've been known for a while. Right. Um, I think with this, they've, the only time they've ever really other mentioned it was with 
Tony Schiavone and Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. And like, that's that's fine. That makes sense because Tony Schiavone is a creepy old dude for hanging out with Britt Baker. But And they both won the Owen Hart tournament. At the same time, yeah. Yep. And so I think this did a really good job of establishing Britt Baker and Adam Cole as two of the biggest baby faces in the company. Yep. I completely agree. And then Britt's going to drop the other hat on Jamie Hayter at some point. I think Jamie may turn. You think Jamie's going to be the Jamie one turn? I think Jamie may turn. Hmm. Interesting. Because I think Britt the fatigue on Britt Baker has finally started to fall off. Like fans aren't as fatigued with her because she's now a baby face. And I think that, I think they want to keep that around for a while, especially if Adam Cole's going to stay a baby face. But could you imagine if she low blowed Adam Cole? (laughs) That's funny. Like if she turned, if they're all in the ring together and she turned on Jamie and Adam Cole's trying to talk to her and then just low blows, that would be great. It's so funny. What heat. Championships over love every day. What heat. (laughs) So good. All right, man, that's going to do it. For this week's show, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Follow us on social media at PBW Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Andy is at Andy underscore PBWP. I am at Chris Belcher 24. Shows are each and every Friday. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you find your podcast. And of course, on the Body Slam.net YouTube channel. You can find us on Sportswire Radio and you can find our written work over on Wrestle Buddy. So go check those guys out. Um, speaking of Wrestle Buddy, Coming out, I believe it's this coming week, uh, in honor of the NFL and WWE draft. I participated uh, with Albert and Jimmy over at WrestleBuddy in a fantasy draft of WWE rosters. A lot of fun, so that's going to be hitting your, um, your I, don't, I think it's YouTube, I guess, uh, your WrestleBuddy YouTube channel uh, very, very soon. So in honor of that, Andy and I decided that next week, we're going to do our own fantasy draft yep. in WWE uh, in honor of that. So if, you, if you're if you following our PBWF shows, you know that we, obviously we dig fantasy stuff and fantasy booking and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to bring a little taste of that to our regular show next yeah. week. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think we decided 12, 12 picks. Yes. The rules so. will be 12 picks. Um Andy and I will represent Raw and SmackDown. We haven't decided it'll be fine either way. Yeah. Um, and then the other person will, you know, what the brand that you're responsible for, after your 12 picks, you will technically assume the roster yep. of that brand, whoever didn't get drafted. We're not going to do anything with it like we did with the PBWF. Um, so, but it's just going to be a cool a cool thing to do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to doing I love doing fantasy drafts and everything else. So it's a lot of fun. fun. Yeah, so go, um, if you dig fantasy booking and all that kind of stuff and you want more of that, PBWF is your, is your home. Go check it out. Available wherever you find your podcast. That's where Andy and I draft current wrestlers uh, in the their world. current day <laughs> all over the world. Um, AEW, WWE, doesn't matter, combining. Uh, and we present you with television and pay-per-views. Our buddy Tyler Peters is our moderator for that. It's a lot of fun. Go check that out if you haven't already. All right. Anything else to add, man? It's good to be back and, you know, watching wrestling again, getting diving back deep into it. I took a – the whole week I, I took a break from wrestling as well. Mm, nice. I, I, I kept up with it to make sure – I saw the turn um, on Becky. Becky and I saw some stuff on AEW and SmackDown, but – it's it's refreshed and I'm ready. Nice. Not the the WrestleMania fatigue has kind of fallen off a little bit, so I'm looking forward to to where we go from here. Good stuff. All right, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, we appreciate it very much. For Mr. Andy York, my name is Chris Belcher. This has been the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. We will catch you guys down the road.